Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Guy Morgenstern, who will tell us all about his improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games and most importantly, learn how he improved his life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And tonight, I'm joined by the incredibly talented master of mindfulness, hiker of Los Angeles, fan of a band he's seen in concert two times. I don't know what the band is. Guy Morganson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show, Guy. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. So happy that I got the invitation to come. And uh, even just for that introduction, I'm, I'm on a high right now. So, Well, I believe all the things I said are true. Are they not? They are. They are. There you go. So I'm just telling you things about yourself that you already know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Guy. So I'm looking at this sign back here. And, uh, well, it's the reason we're both here, IFTP. So I want you to tell us a little bit, what's your relationship to this place? Well, I found IFTP to be very, very freeing and a place to grow, essentially. Mm. I was uh, about a couple years ago in a place where I was looking for a creative outlet mm. and trying a few different things and actually didn't even really give improv a thought. And when it was recommended to me and I came, I immediately felt, oh, this is the challenge I need. And it was challenging, it helped me grow, and then eventually just fun and creative and just a good place with good people. That's amazing. So you joined a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what year was that, would you say? Uh, wow, I think I would say probably earlier in 2022. Ooh, all right. Or, or something like that. Yeah, so coming up on two years. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. All right. Doesn't feel like it at all. Yeah. It's kind of like, wait, am I new? Am I old? So it's definitely at that time. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, we're going to get into your improv journey here at IFTP a little more in just a bit. But before we do, Guy, we got to play some three things. Okay. All right. So uh, as always, hopped on Google, did some research, and learned a little bit about you as best I could scrape off the internet. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to learn, learn some more things. Here we go. Uh, these are three things. Your first category, Guy. Uh, your favorite Los Angeles hikes. Ooh, uh, Runyon Canyon, right one. by my house. Um, there's this kind of hidden tiger trail, tiger tail trail in the get by the Getty Center that is amazing. Two. And I don't know if it's probably not considered Los Angeles, but the Eaton Canyon uh, rivers and falls, whatever that is, gorgeous. Three. All right, very nice. These are three things. These are three things. We got two more categories, though. There's more coming your way. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. Uh, this one is just random. Best late night snacks. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, blueberries. One. Healthy. Trying. Uh, cookies. Two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a little bit of uh, bread and hummus, I would say. Mm, three. Very nice. These are three things. Yeah. Last category. Uh, your favorite live music acts. Wow. Oh, okay. I will say number one uh, is pretty much any small band I haven't seen before. I just find hidden gems do it for me. One. Uh, I really, really like Bob Dylan, even though he's not the best in concert. Two. <laughs> and uh, I will say that last show I seen, and because it was just an amazing show, it was MXPX at the Palladium. Mm, three. These are three things. things. All right. Very nice. Very nice. So, Guy, let's circle back to that first category. Uh, why do you think I asked you about hiking? 
Uh, yeah, you were saying you did a little mm. bit of searching and stuff, and I know it's very uh, uh, common nowadays, and I think I definitely got more into it during uh, you know 2020 when mm. there wasn't a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've just found, and it could be with age, that doing some crazier sports like basketball and other stuff like that have been a little bit more injury-prone. Mm. And the way nature is just grounding, there's, Mm. you know, basketball would just usually take the thoughts in my head and say, okay, you don't need to think about anything other than the game right now and the ball. And I loved reacting and and being in that and uh, hiking, even though it gives me a lot of time to think just being around nature really grounds me too. Yeah. Okay. I got to ask about basketball. Um, What was like, do you still play? I haven't played in a little while. Okay. What's like, what's your style of game? Uh, wow. I think I'm like a, uh, three point shooter kind of guy. Okay. Three point uh, specialist. Yes. Uh, but I definitely rely more on my smarts. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. again, I, I haven't played in a while, so I would think I would even do that more, but you know, I'm just like, okay, the sneaky pass, the thing that people don't see mm-hmm. more than, you know, the athleticism. Mm. All, right. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Three point shooter. I got to uh, the weakest part of my game is shooting. In fact, so <laughs> right, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm trying to work on that. So it's, okay, there's hope. There's hope. There's folks yeah. who can shoot. I need to learn how. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good thing is that in you know not in professionals that like nobody really shoots that great. So. That's true. That's true. I have a friend. He's pretty good, and it's annoying. But <laughs> some people got the touch. Yeah, some people do. I'm like, Stop. It's you know annoying to play against. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, he's not Steph Curry, but. At our level, he is. <laughs> hey, well, if you're practicing you know, with him. That's true. Well, I'm not practicing in this play. That's the problem. <laughs> that is. That's yeah. the problem. I uh, need to practice. All right. Uh, you mentioned that Eaton Canyon hike. I love that hike. Cool. Yeah. I just did um, one that was very similar to it. I don't, I don't remember the name, but it was like a similar thing. Like you go up a canyon, there's a waterfall at the end. But it was... Uh, this is pointless because I don't remember the name Was of the it, hike. There's like a Temescal Canyon is is kind of more by the west, I think. That's Maybe. where some people go. It was in Altadena, actually. Oh, okay. But wow. no, I lost the name. This, this is pointless. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing up something I don't remember the name <laughs> I will say about hiking. It was really nice. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we had that crazy winter, right? Yeah. Where it was just like winter for 14 months of the year. Mm. And uh, when all the snow and the, all that started melting... Mm. It was just like every weekend I wanted to go somewhere where it's like yeah. the streams are high, the the waterfalls, you know, sometimes it's a trickle and you're like, ah, it says it's a waterfall in the, you know, on the website, but yeah. you get here and it's like nothing. All of them were really flowing. So I, that was like a golden time for me personally in the hiking and nature thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just like getting to go through the water and really experience. It felt more like a real hike. You're like, exactly. I'm toughing it out, <laughs> getting wet and like, whatever, you know? Yeah. That's why you're out sure. there. All right, that second category, um, late night snacks. I mean, everybody snacks late at night. So uh, tell me, what kind of cookies? Oh, man. What I mean, kind? Look, if I had my choice, I would just be like, you know, it could be Oreos. Mm. It could be, I, so if I do have a friend, I, so I've had to be more healthy and I can't even put stuff in my house. It's sure. that bad. It doesn't yeah. make it through the night. Yeah. Um, but I have a friend that has a couple of kids mm. and when I go hang out with him, ah. I definitely get into that. And he always <laughs> has like three different flavors of Oreos yeah. and you know, all that stuff. So chocolate, mm. like little wafers, cookies. Ooh. I mean, oh, I could, I could definitely just talk about that, but <laughs> it's just like, I can never limit myself to two or three. When I see people do that, I'm just like, how? It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's I, crazy. I feel you. Because uh, you said blueberries, you know, bread and hummus, definitely on the healthier side. Oh, man. But at the same time, like, I could eat so much bread and hummus, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah, that totally is just like a go-to. It's kind of almost more of a replacement meal, mm. you know? That's like, true. That's yeah. not that good. Because it's pretty filling. And, you know, hummus, it's, I mean, it's made of beans, right? Good protein in there. And it's, yeah, yeah. There you go. My favorite bean, uh, garbanzo bean, mm. chickpea or whatever. Pretty dynamic it. bean, I'd say. <laughs> for sure yeah for sure yeah and a great name i just garbanzo that's fun to say it totally is how does yeah. it have two names too? i don't know and maybe a lot of beans have that but that's true everyone <laughs> knows the two for that yeah garbanzo and chickpea huh yeah and then yeah. and just like uh you know outside of america and i think they just call it hummus that's so it almost has three names they call <laughs> yeah. the actual thing hummus too not huh. just the dish yeah you know so I got to do some research. I got to research this bean guy. All right. We'll learn more about it later. All right. That last one. Uh, why to ask you about uh, favorite live music acts? Um, I'm not totally sure other than the fact that, you know, I was pretty high on having a recent uh, yeah. great um, experience at a concert. Um, but I thought it was a really uh, interesting question, especially when it's like the favorite one, because I've had so many, especially in LA, a great thing yeah. about LA is who's coming through. And I'm, Oh yeah. The scene that, here. That's probably true for any art form, right? That's just like people coming through LA, definitely stand up comedy, improv, mm-hmm. so much going on. Um, but also music is, you know, some person from a small town in Canada that just made it their dream to go around singing, you know, I recently saw them in Hollywood and mm. it was just like a little, you know, 20, 25 people. And this person had a voice that just like shook me. And you could just tell, wow, they've been working on their craft and they just have it. And it's so soulful. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll ever get any bigger than this. So that's why it's just like, I feel when you're seeing somebody at that level, it's truly just like for their passion of it. Yeah. Because they're putting in the work. They're, you know, dealing with like, struggles of having maybe a smaller audience and it's like you know what i still love doing this even if it's 10 people even if it's five people i'm still gonna go out there and do my thing yeah which is yeah can be probably a pretty incredible show too because it's a bit more intimate for you sure know. i think sometimes uh I was, I was talking to my wife about this she went and saw beyonce at sofi right when she was coming through doing her tour and it like it reaches a point where it's so big that it doesn't feel you know, you don't feel like the artist is having a relationship with the crowd that they're performing with. They're just going through like the set list and the choreography and it's still really cool, but it's a different kind of concert. Yeah. I would assume it's a lot about the energy. I mean, we heard so much about Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. It's like we were getting an update every day from whatever Mm -hmm. city she's in about the arrows tour. What kind? Yeah, exactly. What kind of natural uh, (laughs) event she's, she's causing. And and then they come out with a movie about it. And, I know. And it's yeah. like, what is going on here? How can yeah. people love this so much? And it's much? like three hours, three and a half hours, something like that. I don't even. Yeah. So I think that's just got to be like, okay, they're seeing that person, but it's got to be the energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. I've not been to a concert that big. So. Right. <laughs> and I think say? like, uh, at least for, for some women I've heard, they can go to a Taylor Swift concert and meet like five lifetime friends there. Yeah. So. You're just, they all love that artist so much. It's like, we're all Swifties. You know, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. I'll, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't want to knock it, but I don't get it. I know. It. You got to be it. careful. That's, that's, all, be careful. that's all I can say. <laughs> that's all I can say. I don't get it. But you know what? Hey, you do you. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, guy, 
we could talk about cookies. We could talk about hummus, all these other things all night. But the real reason we're here, right, is to talk about improv. Um, so I want you to think about when was the first time in your life you heard about, learned about, saw, or were exposed to improv? Just the concept, you know, whatever that was for you, your first introduction. Wow. Um, I think it probably was uh, through the show, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I, don't even, I didn't even know it was called improv. Mm. That, the first time I think I actually understood, oh, something is improv, was probably seeing a not-so-great show by yeah. very early people and almost like sitting through a kind of awkward stand-up comedian where it's like, yeah. oh, you just, you're just <laughs> like, I'm supporting you, but oh my yeah. gosh. That's how I felt. Mm. Um, and so again, whose line is it anyway it was pretty funny, but I didn't even like catalog that as, as improv. So yeah. I actually spent, that's why I kind of took a while to even get to here. I spent a while just thinking, improv isn't that funny improv yeah. is this uh, and then after doing it it was kind of like oh now i get all these amazing sketches i love and these funny people there's some things you just can't sit down and write you yeah. just have to play it out and you're like that's hilarious mm -hmm. we have a person doing this in this location and and this other person comes in couldn't uh, you can't write that you yeah. have to just let it come to you and then get inspired mm. that's really cool yeah and i think Unfortunately for many of us, we probably had some weird show we saw as a kid or something that was, it was supposed to be improv and it just, it stunk. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's all happened. Maybe in high school or, you know, something like that. Um, so growing up, were you interested in performing at all? Like, were you into music or, or like performing arts, anything like that? Wow. I, I really wasn't. Um, you know, I never, and, and I haven't really sought that out. Hmm. Uh, but you know, I was in a band and I think it just started as like that age of being like, Hey, there's a few friends. We all want to get an instrument. And I was in a little bit of a band, but we never really played big shows only a few times. And, mm. you know, so I never had the experience of like, Whoa, look at me up on stage. I'm doing this. This is amazing. Um, and then there was uh, a period of time that um, for work, I kind of got really passionate about uh, like helping grow companies mm. and uh, from like the startup level. And so I wanted to present and mm. speak on it a lot. And that I actually took like a little bit more of a public speaking course. Yeah. And when I started getting up and doing those and people were just like engaged or really interested in what I had to say and coming up and, and complimenting me on that, that was like the first time I even thought like, mm. oh, maybe I could be somebody that's decent at standing yeah. in front of people. But yeah, you're like, oh, there's something here. Like, right. I can do this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that opened up my passion to just being in front of people, not so much performing, but like speaking to them or whatever that is. But yeah, I will say that since uh, since IFTP and, um, you know, seeing the freedom there is and then finally going to some really amazing shows here. Mm. Like I really in the in the first couple, I was like, how did I just like not stop laughing? Mm. Totally, yeah. totally reversed my my thinking on what improv is coming to a show here. It really <laughs> did. And so initially it looked really scary to me. But then after just feeling more and more comfort, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And, and I think I'd probably be decent at it, you know? So how did you find this place where you're like Googling around? Or, yeah, I kind of was. I think I like, um, I basically uh, um, 
looked and found some of the other places. Yeah. And it's so funny uh, because I saw that one required uh, an audition. And this was mm. still like before they were people were doing stuff in, in person. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for an audition. And then luckily I canceled this audition like a couple <laughs> days before because I had never done improv. I didn't even know what yes and was. Mm. So to, to step into an audition yeah, and I, they like, would have been what? like, yeah. yeah, they would have been like, hey, let's do three things. And I would be like, what are you talking about? I'd, yeah. I'd have to have everything explained to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't want to be competing with actors and, you know, I don't want to be like, uh, you know, I'm not too serious. I'm really just looking for an outlet. And yeah, I think I heard, um, I think I heard from somebody that like, it was very, in a way, low stakes here. Mm. Um, and so that's what kind of drew, drew me to it. Uh, later on that I also did a couple classes in other places, I'm like, it's not so much low, it's low stakes here in the sense that you're not necessarily preparing for a show or like, you know, there's not this goal, but it's high stakes because they really throw you in the deep end mm-hmm. um, very gently yeah. and, and very, you know, very calmly in a way. So they realize you're new and, you know, you're just kind of seeing other people. It took me a while to understand some of the other people in my class have been doing improv for years. Yeah. And unlike other places where they start <laughs> yeah, you off separated. Like, yeah. Here I was like, Oh, that's why it feels <laughs> like, cause I get on there and yeah. uh, you know, there's a, there's a teacher uh, here, Liam. Mm. Uh, and again, I came into this not knowing who's who I'm in a classroom. I don't know who's been doing it a yeah. month, who's been doing it years. And I would, he was in a class of mine. I'm doing scenes with him and he just takes the intensity to 10. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, Whoa, this guy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And it's happened with multiple people and yeah. then like finding out, oh, they really know what they're doing. So mm. really cool. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Just the, I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah, they're like, put down in the class. And then you, there's like one person there and you find out they're a teacher <laughs> and you're like, but they're in the class. Yeah. That would be crazy. Cause you're yeah. watching them and you're like, are you, is this your first improv class too? Like, did you just start? Totally. Uh, yeah. And I think, that is something unique about here because I've also experienced some of the other like offerings around town, right. That we have like that place that does those auditions or, you know, and it's, it's the mix here is something I've always really loved. Like, yeah, when I started here, I, I really liked that everyone was coming from that different background of like, Oh yeah, I've been at IFTP or this other person, you know, Oh, I've done improv all over town, blah, 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 blah. blah. So it's, it's cool to get the blend of that. And uh, you know, you, you're not forced like to work with a specific level, you can work with everybody, everybody. Right. And I think that that builds growth both for the more experienced folks and for the folks that are newer to improv as well. For sure. And, yeah. and there's just a freedom here because you're not building towards a product mm. and, you know, I don't want to, you know, like say yeah. every, everything has its place. And definitely I would say people in the industry, you know, okay, here's our product. You're going to learn how to do our product. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're connected or, you know, to this yeah. person or that person. I would like, you know, after experiencing this, I would tell people, I would be like, hey, go, you know, you can continue here too, mm-hmm. but go do a couple things at IFTP because here they're just very concerned with their way and their product, which yeah. is understandable because that's what they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. But IFTP, it was kind of like, you can get there and do whatever you want. You get, they're going to tell you the rules. You can break the rules and then either it works and, and we could talk about it or it doesn't work and we could understand why it didn't. And yeah. so you're actually learning here by just trying, you know? Yeah. So coming in, um, when you first started, maybe those first couple of weeks, first couple of months, you said 
kind of one of your objectives, right? Was just like, I want to try improv. It's something new. You were looking for something creative to do because mm-hmm. you already had uh, like skill as a public speaker. You had experience in that. So it's just like, yeah, improv. It's creative. Let's do it. You're in LA. Might as well. What was your impression of those first couple classes? Um, I, I had to first understand that it kind of goes in waves. Mm. You know, my first class was like an amazing. I just happened yeah. to have a really good scene, you yeah. know, and that's what you realize too. You're not always this way or always that mm. way. So, you know, having initially it was really learning about myself. That's what the beauty of it was having confidence, having patience, trying to remove some filters and um, also trying to be more positive mm. because, uh, you know, that's another one of those things you learn that, yeah, two people can go into a scene and fight and be bad about each other or be mad and fight. Having said that, it kind of works out more when they're kind of going with each other and having fun. Yeah. It just, I, you know, I don't know if I can explain it fully, but it's just usually better scenes. But again, like I said, not that another scene, two people yelling at each other the whole time can't mm. work. Um, but initially... Um, something that really came up was also dropping an agenda Mm. because uh, I didn't say this, but you know, and this is like, you know, more my ego, I guess, but I like to think I'm a funny guy. I guess that's part of my identity, you know, throughout life. It's like, I'm one of those like, Oh, I want to be the funny one. one." And that was like, Oh, I think I'll be good at that. And then I realized like, okay, that's a little bit of it. Mm. And after I learn how to play, then that side can come out more. Uh, initially though, it was like, I have to drop agendas. Mm -hmm. I can't sit there and think of the perfect joke. I need to just believe that it's going to happen. And then also realize that the funniness isn't going to be the clever thing I thought of all the time. It could be something that nobody saw coming and somehow that worked, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that is the true amazingness of, of like improv. So initially again, in that, in that first time, um, I remember there, you know, was a scene I, I was I was in Matt's class and it was like, OK, you know, come in from the side and do this and that. And and I somehow had a line or two that just I think it was more dumb luck kind of was implying something. So it was kind of like a really um, cool way to like give information, but not just call it out more like implying it. But mm. it did that again something I could try to do a million times yeah. and probably not be able to, but it just, it did that after the scene, Matt kind of dissected it. And mm. that gave me that rush of like, okay, it was super scary being in front of people yeah. and just like, Hey, go for it. You don't know what's going to happen. Go for it. Yeah. Um, but that gave me a lot of confidence. And what I, what I noticed early on is that um, you just think about what I could have said. You yeah. know, so initially yeah. it's like, oh man, I could have, and it was a I could have done that. Yeah. And that's like uh, another teacher here, uh, you know, uh, Jamie, mm. um, you know, even at improv camp uh, yeah. where, where, uh, where, we, where I met you. Um, another, another thing that he would bring up was, uh, yeah, okay, so what? So if you think of great ideas, go write it down, make a sketch out of it. Mm-hmm. Like he'd just be like, that's not interesting because you didn't think about it in the moment and that's yeah. improv. So, yeah. but yeah, that was yeah. initially a lot of what was coming up for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so easy to be a great improviser after the scene. Yes. <laughs> it's like, exactly. we all are. Cause we're like, Oh man, it's like that same thing. where like after, like in real life, if you have an argument with someone, you think of a great comeback later. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, man, I, I, I would have got him with that. Right. Improv is the same way. And I think it's learning to let that go. And I mean, every scene is an opportunity to do something great, you know, to build something great with that other person or other people, you know, oh, depending man. on the scene. So it's like, eh, you, you can't have regret for too long with improv. 
Not at all. And um, I think that's the, you know, that's where it also connects back to life, right? That like, you know, even if something seems like it's not going good or whatever, yeah, at any moment it could turn and it could be something that no one expected that makes a turn. And then all of a sudden it is a beautiful scene. Mm. So, you know, for life, kind of like trying to keep that as well. When it seems like things aren't, it's not my day, whatever's happening, it can really turn in a second. Mm. No, improv lessons are life lessons, guy. It's, it's right there. It's right there. That is truth. Yeah. That is truth. Oh, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, all right. So during your time here at IFTP, uh, what, uh, I know you mentioned Jamie, you mentioned Matt. Um, what classes have you been in? I guess I'm curious. What teachers have you had? I what bounce nights? around. Okay. Uh, uh, ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, that's, uh, there's plus, there's pluses and minuses because mm. I definitely have seen people who have been going to the same night, the same class for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, if we relate it back to basketball, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to play a pickup game with, with a bunch of strangers. And that yeah. could be fun because yeah. you might find a great shooter and somebody who knows how to pass mm-hmm. and all that. And it can also just be like that. Oh, it takes a little while to gel and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know all the personalities. So there's an advantage to go into the class. And I see it with people who are so comfortable with each other. So yeah. when they do scenes, they just like get right into it. And, um, and so with me... Uh, jumping around different classes, there's always a little bit of a ramp up in that first week. Absolutely. But um, I have taken everyone's class other than Liam. Uh, I am looking forward to taking his class. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's a gift. I like a variety because, yeah, you know, so I've, I've taken Ava's class a lot. Uh, Matt, I've been in Benjamin's class on the weekends too. Um, Jamie's. So yeah, I think everyone other than Liam and, uh, and Gavin too. Mm. And Gavin was another great person who was in a class of mine. And I was just like, this guy's pretty good. And then realizing, (laughs) Oh, he's really good. Yeah. And you know, just bringing it, you know, like the things that Mm. like I could forget of like not being guy up there, you Mm. know? And then when you see somebody step into it and they got a body thing or they have an accent or they have, and you're like, Right, choices, and then that's it. They're just, oh, the, it's so much richness. Mm. And I can still be like a little bit of a, oh, I'm guy, and I'm talking in my voice, and I'm talking, and I'm just relying on the mind to think of stuff instead of like let the body do some of the work, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you asked about the different classes, but I want to take them all. Um, I, I loved an improv camp that it was moving from place to place. Yeah, you get a like, lot. Oh, man, that, that is just, it was so intense. And just all the teachers brought so much energy and passion and mm. just freedom. So, yeah, it's great. Definitely. And camp is a great way, too. It's like if you haven't tried some of the other teachers, it's like coming to camp, you get to sample a lot of folks. Yeah, I think because what? There's Ava was teaching, Jamie, Benjamin. Benjamin. And then, yeah, Matt didn't teach. Yeah, Matt didn't teach this year. He's taught in the past. But this year he was like, nah, I'm in charge. I'm just going to. Do yeah. my thing. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I thought the format of that was so great. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Just the different sessions and focuses and you get to try so many different things while you're there and be like, oh yeah, how are my initiations? How am I doing this? How are my characters? Blah blah blah. How are my emotions? I love all of that. And I guy, I really appreciate your approach of how you've had all these different teachers too. I think I honestly think that's really important. I mean, especially here at IFTP, which is kind of I think one of our big selling points as a studio is like, hey, we have all these different teachers who, you know, they're not all forcing you to look at the same curriculum. They're kind of giving you a slice of their style of improv, how they approach it. And you can take what from that what you want and what works for you. Right. It's like 
five different, six different unique perspectives here, which is really awesome. For sure. They, they all see something a little bit different. And, and something I really like about being in their classes, they'll mm. usually uh, quote each other sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You know, something will come up. They'll be like, something that Ava says is mm. this. And that's true because this is not. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Which is, I, I think, really important too. And having instructors and teachers that support each other as well. Plus, totally. uh, a good thing about you having tried all the classes, you got to meet a ton of people. Yes. Which I uh, think about when I was a student at IFTP, I only ever did the Wednesday class. I never left. And then I moved into a different role here at IFTP. And I'll never know what it's like outside Wednesday classes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I, did. I think I did like one makeup class on a Saturday and I was like, uh, early in the morning, not for me. <laughs> not that it's even that early, but yeah. Well, yeah, I look, like I said, I think that's the norm from the people I talk yeah, to. That's, yeah. you know, and it, obviously people's schedules and maybe I'm more flexible than others. Um, but yeah, meeting a lot of different people was really cool yeah. uh, because, you know, going back to, to camp, um, you know, I was nervous to, for camp too because, mm, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't feel like I knew that many people because again, yeah. people would be meeting week after week. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, yesterday I was in class and I, I saw people and they're like, so where you been? Where you mm. this and that? And it's like, oh, well, you know, I just been in this other class and all that. But at camp, yeah. I remember driving up there and being like, okay, if it's super weird, I can leave. It's mm. not that far. I have an exit. Yeah. I wonder if I'll even know a few people. And when I got there and being like, oh, I know so many people here. And yeah, some I just know from a, one conversation, some a few more. Um, but just, yeah, and then that whole camp feel, obviously getting to know people a lot closer in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, camp is, I mean, you're spending so much time with everyone. Yes. It's like, you have to get along. <laughs> you yeah. have to get to know folks because otherwise you'll be bored and it won't be worth your time. Very yeah. true. And it's so supportive. I mean, like, yeah. again, like the whole structure of improv here mm-hmm. um, is just like people growing together. And, you know, that's that's kind of what you really feel like people come out of the, the sessions, even the classes. But let's just say in camp. Oh, wow. I just got challenged. Mm-hmm. I just got challenged and I did it. And wow, like that was repetitive each time, because, again, the teachers here really in their own view want to challenge you, want you to accomplish this thing. And that's, that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about back to when you started compared to now, right? We're coming up on two years. How do you think you've grown as an improviser from when you started to now? Mm. Um, A really big thing is dropping the agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as an example, one of those early scenes, they were just like, okay, two people, it's a father and a son. Um, and go that's it that's all they gave us or they said and the other person gets the first line that was like the only rules as i sat down and trying to get into this role i'm like okay i'm the father uh he's the son and as he had the first line he goes well son i'm glad to see you and i froze Mm. i could not get out of just wait i thought i was the father so that was early on and i pre-assigning that role to yourself yeah And, um, and so that has been really special to let go of, you know, that was just like a specific example because I wasn't even like mumbling after that. I couldn't even get a word out. I was so stuck on the simplest Mm. idea of who I am. Um, and so that has been like really great. Um, and clap-ins, especially after camp, uh, Jamie did kind of a thing about, uh, um, clap-ins where it was just like, you're, you're just going. And, And Matt always also says like, you start while you're walking. 
you know, you know, you just like boom, and it's like wait, but I don't know what I'm going to say yet. And it's just <laughs> like it somehow comes out of your mouth, and so dropping the agenda, trusting that you know my mouth and my feet will do what they need to do. Um, I think that has really grown, and then yeah, picking up the little the little strategies about like let's say not trying to ask as many questions, mm-hmm. you know, instead of saying a question, kind of just come with the answer. Um, be a little bit more uh, active instead of passive, even with the language. Uh, that stuff is really hard because it's so against the instincts of meeting somebody on the street mm. or meeting somebody. In, like I'm somebody who's just like, oh, I'm very curious. So when did you do this? How are you doing that? It's like that is my natural. Mm. So to go against that was really hard to get going. But I, but I think I finally got it. Just like information, action, go. And, you know, you feel it the way the scenes go. Big ones. I think uh, you just talking about dropping agenda that really sticks with me because I still I still have to think about that all the time when I'm going into the scene. It's like you said, it's like oh, you got a great idea, uh, well, make that a sketch, right? That's what those are for. It's, that's for you to plan and write it out how you want. I still, that's always been like my biggest thing. I'm like ah, that dang agenda. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. know if you can ever really release all of it. Yeah. That seems to be that you know, like that nirvana of mm-hmm. improv where like. Because, yeah, I mean, you it's good to have an idea, something going. Um, but, again, just listening to the partner or wherever the scene goes, yes. especially with clapping. You had a great idea. Oh, it's over. Take a step back. You know, you just have to, like, let it go real quick. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, when, when your partner says, hey, son, how are you doing? You know, it's just like, oh, I don't care if I had a great joke about me being a dad. It, mm. It's like that's irrelevant at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's yeah, like I had an go. agenda, but just let it go, right? Okay. All right, to uh, let's say repackage an earlier question. So sure. earlier you told me about uh, your style of game for basketball. What would you say your style is as an improviser? What's like your specialty? Hmm. I've been told, and again, this is just a reflection, but I've been told I'm good with the kind of the one-liner or the mm. shocking thing that could either – take it a different direction mm. or just give the great like, whoa, that just got said. So I've been told I'm good with the one liner to mm. just shock everything. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then somehow timing too. Mm. I think like my timing is good in the sense of being funny. Um, again, I did, that's like the real part of me finally coming out now that I feel like yeah. I know how to drop an agenda. And if I see my partner is on, some, you know, going a certain direction, going with it, um so yeah i'd say uh that's a little bit my style just kind of like being able to say the thing or do the thing that like what like just kind of like gives a lot of juiciness to it and now deal with this Mm. um and uh yeah that you know i guess it's it's a hard question for me because i'm always more thinking about what to work on which Mm. is like Mm. again more characters and and body stuff yeah absolutely well i think you answered it very well and uh in a way, like how you said it, like with the one liner, it's so you're like the three point shooter of improv. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you hit go. a big shot. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it's really cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone has something like with an imp- improv that they're like naturally like really solid at, and then we all have stuff we're working on too. You know that we need to improve like characters or physicality or object work or initiations in a scene, right? Yeah, just to ask you, I am interested. Mm. What What is your uh, improv specialty? Yeah, well, like you said, it's easier to think of things you want to work on. <laughs> you know, it's very true. So, mm. well, 
if I think basketball, I know it's not three-point shooting. Um, <laughs> but improv, uh, I don't know. I think I can. When I do, uh, like, become a character, like a, a very heavy character, whether that's, like, you know, like an accent. Like, I love a good California accent. It's one of my favorites to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I can really dive into that character. I, I don't always get there. Just, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard or I'm not always good at bringing that into a scene or, you know, you don't want to have every scene be like, saw dude. <laughs> like, you know, that's not what you want to do in every improv scene. So when the opportunity arises, I think I can have fun with that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that's good. I want like at least a couple go-to characters. Yeah. I don't, I don't have something. any right now, but I want a couple. Ah, you'll find it. You'll find it. Yeah. I think it's there. It's there, guy. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's somewhere. Um, all right, guy. I got a no, no, no. We're gonna do a few more questions. Let's think. Sure. So, think about class. You show up. Maybe it's a Monday night. Maybe it's a Tuesday night. Maybe it's a Wednesday night. Who knows? <laughs> you show up. What's in your ideal improv class? Can you tell me maybe like one or one or two exercises, warm ups that you really enjoy doing? Wow. Um, yeah, I, the warm ups are good that they're called warm ups. Yeah. Like you know, well, when I first get to the space, it yeah. does take a while for me to do to kind of shrug off the day shrug Mm. off the again that's what's great about camp is that like you don't have to reset so you're just going deep 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 uh but yeah like you know um i guess i like you know when you go around a circle and you kind of have to do a rhyming thing Mm. i'm (laughs) i'm not good with the i'm not good with the name right now um but yeah like it's kind of like one person says something and the other person needs to rhyme with with Mm. that Mm -hmm. um and then it just goes one line, one line, one line. Uh, it's super challenging, but it definitely gets me to be like, how do I start talking and hopefully land somewhere good? And if it doesn't, it's, yeah, super low stakes. Yeah. Um, and I'm having more and more fun with the mirroring. Mm. That's another thing for me that, like, I'm just like, I got to do this. And it's like right at the start of class, it's like you're deeply connecting with somebody. Or you may probably making eye contact and really paying attention to them that you could, like, mirror their body movements. Um, so initially, those are the things I'm like, oh, this feels, like, very awkward right now. Um, but I've noticed recently just, like, it's an opportunity for me to just give in. Mm. Um, and uh, this is kind of... Uh, you know, going back to something else. But initially when I said like learning that there are off weeks and off days and, you know, you kind of, it's a flow, um, those happen less. Um, and again, to relate it back to basketball, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're a shooter, you got to know that if you miss a shot, you need to immediately forget about it. Yep. And that's what they always say. Like you don't, you just don't even think about that last shot. And in improv class, you know, an ideal class for me is doing a lot of scenes, which mm. uh, usually is, is what happens. And so initially I would get up and I would do a scene and I would either feel like it didn't go good or I was stuck. or And then I could really just sit there in class and be like thinking about it and not be, you know, and then just like, and then the next scene isn't that great. And so, so it kind of was like something I learned initially was like, let it go. You know, mm. it doesn't matter. Just like if I had a great scene, that doesn't mean that the next scene isn't isn't going to be bad. Yeah. So it's just like um, letting it go and just being able to like every scene clear my mind. So that's what what I like when when we have the opportunity to do that. Um, I do enjoy um, scenes with more than two people, even though two people is a great scene too. Yeah, when there's a three or four or whatever people, but at least three. 
it's like there's just more of a, a chaos. Yeah. And from that chaos, just like, you know, that's that's where some of the magic can happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I, and I really just like analyzing the scenes afterwards, uh, you know, and um, so many of the teachers, you know, they get the thoughts from the improvisers, they get the thoughts from the audience. And so it's just like just noticing things and hearing what other people are noticing. That's where it's just like for me, I'm just get really interested, you know. Yeah. And I love your comparison of like an improviser to a shooter in basketball, right? It's like you can't always think about those pass shots you missed. You got to move on as soon as it's as soon as you throw that ball up, whether it makes it or not, move on. Like right. your best shot is the next one. Your best yes. scene in improv, the next one. Yeah. Right? And to to kind of that's, keep going that's with good. that metaphor, yeah. uh, you know, like if you miss a shot, if you're on a good team, you want to know that your teammates are not going to say like, oh, that person's off today. Yeah. Or uh, we're not going to pass it to him anymore. He's just going to miss. No, they're just going to be like, hey, here, here you go. Next time you're open, it's your turn. We trust you. And if you miss five in a row, we're still going to trust you. Yeah. And right. And that's how the team's going to win as opposed to a team that's like, oh, you know, this guy's not good and they mm. don't want to even look at you anymore. So it's very similar in these classes and stuff. And and that is, I think, kind of the culture because it's 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 really fun. It's not competitive. We don't have any goal we're getting to that the people up there, even the different um, people in class, uh, just have a really thing of like, hey, it doesn't matter. It, you know, if you're messing up and they see you're messing up, you feel their support go up for up mm. even more. So that's kind of the analogy yeah. too. being yeah. on a team where if you miss a shot, you know, they're still going to okay. pass you the ball. Yeah. It's like, hey, you get open, be ready. Yeah. Yep. Man, basketball and improv. These are these are uh, comparisons. I I didn't realize we're there, but right. now I'm thinking about it. You're <laughs> unlocking a lot of thoughts in my mind. Like, oh wow, you're right. Yeah, it's a team. You know, they're still going to pass you no matter what. <laughs> so much. So good stuff. Good stuff, guy. All right, quick quick tangent. Let's talk about defense. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right, quick tangent. Uh, do you have a team? Yeah. Um, uh, Chicago Bulls are my team, even uh, though they've been very disappointing. Um, yeah, I lived in Chicago for five years. Okay, uh, when I was younger, I'm pretty. I don't. I don't think that's on the internet. It was pre-internet days. Yeah, no, uh, I did so, not see a trace of that. Yeah. So uh, I lived there right when it was like Jordan and the Bulls. Oh, so, I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, fan for life. Fan for life. Right. And then when I moved out here, I just felt like I'm the real Chicago Bulls fan. Yeah, and the whole world loves it, but I'm the. And yeah. so, yeah, since then they've sucked, but that's been my yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, hey, the one of the greatest, I mean, in terms of basketball, I mean, like, the best dynasty, you know, the greatest oh, yeah. player of all time, yeah. like, you know. For sure, yeah. No, what, I'm, I'm a proud, I'm a proud fan. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, wait, quick debate. Uh, MJ versus LeBron. Who do you got? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it's, especially if this is on the record. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to still have to say MJ, but I am a big LeBron fan. Um he, uh, you know, I just, I find everything fascinating. So even the way he's just kind of a, a figure that a lot of people don't want to give credit to yeah. or find ways to take down, it's just like, wow, that's so interesting. It doesn't happen with so many of our popular stars. And this guy is probably one of the most popular, you know, yeah. especially of this era. And then when you go into his like personal life and, you know, things he's done and, you know, where he came from and the situation, it's just like insanely inspiring, you know? So, um, you know, like Michael Jordan uh, talks about how he also had a very strong uh, mother figure um, and, you know, and he had brothers and sisters and he grew up in a house and like he yeah. didn't make the team. So he didn't make the team. So then, you know, he got a lot better. That was kind of 
LeBron James, man, his, his you know, single mom. He has no siblings, and you know, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken, I think initially he uh, lived with his basketball coach, and mm. his his friends all like figured out how to go to the same school, and he still is helping out his friends. Yeah. And one of those guys on his team in high school started out as his agent, but now he's the biggest agent in basketball. So you just look at this guy that just yeah. like any and LeBron has never gone into any kind of trouble of any kind. Yeah. Family guy. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, which being the number one like athlete in your sport, that's I think really hard to do. Or you know. really hard. Came yeah. in right from high school. So all these things that are supposed to be like, oh, if you go to college, you get this. You know, you learn how to be mature. This guy apparently was mature from like five years old. Yeah. I don't know. So and putting the spotlight and the pressure that was on him. And stepped it up. I think yeah. he's like you know the only guy to have so much hype and live up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they started calling him King James like oh, yeah. from such a young age, like Ooh. for so, sure. I think that's a that's a good comparison because I know uh, I've I've been a LeBron hater at times too, but uh, it's okay. You know there has to be respect there too for what he's done. Like you can't deny it. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know he's won rings. Like his story. You know how he came up into the NBA. Like right, a lot of good stuff there. And you got to admit, like his character is really solid. And you know I think at the end of the day. He's a good dude, you know, good father, good husband, and a great basketball player to boot. So, Oh, yeah, amazing. I mean, I've never met him personally, but from what it seems like, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, at the end of the day, MJ, I mean, just go watch The Last Dance. <laughs> right, yeah. That was, like, the greatest gift yeah. during COVID. Like, yeah. you know, we could... <laughs> Talking about basketball stuff, but yeah, during that first time of COVID, Last Dance came out. I people who weren't basketball fans were like talking to me about it. Super interesting, and then uh, and then you know the whole experiment of the NBA doing the bubble. Yeah, and, so championship. You know that's yeah. what I think when I think about like yeah. during COVID how we got through it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna ask you one more basketball question, then we'll sure. get back to improv. It's <laughs> just random. Uh, if there was one player in the NBA right now that you could pick to be on the Chicago Bulls, who would it be? Wow. Okay. Like salary cap, all that aside, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'd say uh, uh, Jokic, Nikola Jokic. Mm, um, okay, still from the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, because I think he's just like uh, you know, with how the game develops, somehow this guy came out. That's like the smartest player and um, making every right decision. And uh, yeah, so you know, there's definitely a few to pick from, and some that might you know know how to dunk better or something. Yeah. But he's just right now looks like such a savant out there. Yeah, he's okay now. <laughs> and his second round draft pick too is crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's turned into, I mean, one of the best in the league right now. So, yeah, he's he's gonna go down as one of the best of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think we already see that, which is like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he loves horses. Well, who are you a fan of? Yeah. Uh, okay. So in truth, my, my basketball journey is still new. Uh, I'm a lifelong football fan, but I've ah. been getting into basketball since I started playing. Uh, so team-wise, I've decided to be a Clippers fan <laughs> because I'm a Chargers fan of football. And they're like, they're basically the same team uh, ah, <laughs> in terms of like funny. no championships, uh, yeah, fan bases, younger brother team, basically in a big city. Like, probably shouldn't be in LA. <laughs> you know, I think a ton of similarities. So I was like, all right, Clippers. But uh, I think I'd want Jimmy Butler. Ooh, Jimmy okay, Butler, yeah. You see, I because uh, he used to be on in Chicago. Yeah, and I kind of was a little scored when he he left. Yeah. 
So that's like ugh, a little bit for me. But yeah, yeah I'm also I, I um, football. I'm a Chargers fan too. Oh, um, I well, lived I'm in sorry. San Diego a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I grew up down there. So that's oh, why. They, that's why I'm cursed. Yeah. So they had a really good time during there. Whether you know yes. disappointments and all that, but mm-hmm. it was like fun, you know. And again, from Chicago, I was like, oh, I'm Bears, but you know, Bears never meant that much to me. Yeah. And like I was just like, man, Bears aren't good. Uh, I could pick my own team. Bears have just been disappointing all the time, ongoing. And San Diego is just, hey, I'm here. It's fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for people still calling them the San Diego Chargers. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what they should be. (laughs) (laughs) And I am a Clippers fan over the Lakers fan. That's my number two team, the Clippers. I mean, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler. It's just that one story that came out about him. I think, what, when he was on the Timberwolves, uh, where he, like, Said he'd beat all the starters. And oh, yeah. Yeah, he, and then he beat them all. Just the, He brought up, like, the practice squad guys or whatever. And just right. beat all the starters. And I was like, you know, <laughs> that's pretty insane. So yeah, yeah. I just got to respect that. That man, like, his heart, I think, and his, like, his desire to be great. You know, he can will a team uh, to win games. And, you know, their playoff success. And they haven't won a championship with him. But, you know, they've gone really far. So many of the past few years. So Yeah. I mean I think like he really found the right fit for himself. Yeah, that heat and, culture. Yeah. Like yeah. he uh he really was like, you know, all these other organizations, whatever, he, he found the place where he just like, Okay, they're gonna let me be me and yeah. I get to be intense and they're gonna, you know, um reward me for that. So Yeah. And his uh I don't know if you saw like his media day photos from oh, this yeah. year with the emo haircut and like all of that. I was like, I mean, come on, how can you not that's just fun. Yeah. Like, you know, so you need a guy like that too sometimes. You know, bring some fun to the locker room. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to improv. Sure. But <laughs> I, I'm sorry you're a Chargers fan, but also I understand. Yeah. So, I mean. <sighs> yeah. Wait, it's still better than a Bears fan, no matter what. Yeah. Like, they've, they've had it bad too. But they have Super Bowls. Uh, I think true. they have like At one. At least one. At yeah. least one from the 80s. From the 85, 80s, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Chargers got nothing. Yeah, they Nothing. don't. But Chargers somehow, like, you know, they went from, like, Philip Rivers to, like, somehow uh, Herbert. Yeah. Herbert. And so it's just, like, the Bears, you just, like, they just will have, like, 20 years of crappy quarterbacks and yeah. then, like, have one that's, like, oh, this is the guy. And then, yeah. like, nope, it's not him. And yeah, no. So the Bears, just like, keep drafting and signing. Right. Chargers, Chargers fans can usually have fun until the playoffs. The Bears yep. are just, like, yeah. horrible. That's, that's <laughs> a fair thing to say. Fair thing to say. All right. So I got a couple more improv questions for you guys. And then sure. We're, and then we're going to play some games. Okay. Uh, so my second to last improv question for you. Um, thinking about uh, your time here at IFTP, I'm curious, what do you think the impact has been on your life? Not just maybe coming here and in the classroom, but outside of the studio as well. Like because of improv, this has changed in my life. Um, yeah, I think uh, positivity has been like optimism. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that like, you know, I changed completely, but improv really kind of forced me to be like i can't just be like that's a bad idea mm. you know what i mean and i can't take out aggression on my on my uh scene scene member um and so it kind of like that trickles over where it's just mm. like oh i actually can make a choice to look at this in a positive way i can make a choice to accept this and add on to it um so that's at the very base you know what i mean um and then a lot of, uh, with that goes a lot of just trust. Mm. Trust that, you know, in general, I can go into a place, it won't be so awkward. I'll be able to, like, know that I'm good and 
I can play along and, you know, so it's a lot of just trust and confidence in myself of just being able to go with the flow in general mm -hmm. and not try to come in and, you know, judge things and, you know, say this is a success and this is a failure. And like, you know, because like improv, those, those words kind of don't even really exist. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like, again, that whole first thing about like, you can make a choice, you have a choice and the right choice is to add on to what's going on as opposed to reject it. Mm. Mm. In my opinion. I like that. I like that. a lot. Yeah. Add on instead of rejecting. Mm. Mm. Take that everywhere. Yes. <laughs> All right. My last question for you, guy. So it's 2024, right? It's January. The year is young. Year's young. Uh, you're wrapping up your second year at IFTP. About to enter your third. Um, looking at the year ahead, are there any like goals or things that you want to work on in improv this year? You're like, oh, maybe I want to do shows. I want to go try stand-up comedy. Or, you know, I really want to work on... You mentioned characters earlier. Like, what does that look like for you in 2024? Yeah, really, uh, those those things you kind of you kind of nailed it. Like, uh, I would like to be in a show. Um, I've done a, a show before, and it went really, really well. And so, that kind of gave me the confidence that, like, okay, I know, I know, I'll be able to even yeah. do much better than I can imagine. Like, I just drew on it, and I drew on the other people. So, um, you know, it's not like a goal that I have to have right here and now. Yeah. But, yeah, it's more something that I'm telling myself I'm open to it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if the opportunity calls, I'm not going to be weird about it. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to be like, good, I've been actually waiting for this. And so, yes, or whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Stand-up is also a thing. I, I, uh, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about for like 20 years and mm -hmm. haven't done anything about it. Um, but I constantly am thinking about different jokes and all that kind of stuff. So, don't have anything planned, but I'm just like, man, I, I want to take those first couple steps yeah. to just get the jokes out there, at least so I could just be like, I didn't forget them. It's on <laughs> you your know? radar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, uh, you know, if I go back to what does, uh, what does improv give in life, um, it kind of connects to characters and accents and body movement. Mm. Is that like, like, it's that committing, you know, right mm. off the bat to be like, ah, and like, this is me and that's what I'm doing. And, and um, and so many uh, like people in classes, I noticed that like, you know, it's like common scene is and, and also what I do is just kind of like, hey, so how's it going? Wow. You you believe that we're, we're here and whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes another person will step out and just like yell and say something crazy. Yeah. You're like they're giving away free candy canes outside. Oh, my God. And yeah. yell. And now now like try to ignore that. You so, can't. Now the scene is going. So, yeah. um, so what I what I take into myself is like trying to do that more, and then into life, it's kind of like yeah, just like commit, go for it, do it. Mm. Like you know, enough of this dip in your toe kind of, uh, did, you know, like enough hesitation. Just like go for it, go mm. into it, and uh, and so I think that also connects to bigger characters, bigger emotion, more commitment. Yeah, no hesitation, just do it. Yeah. That's a good, I think, a good motto to have in your approach. Definitely an improv. <laughs> yeah, definitely an improv. In basketball, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're shooting. See? Improv anyway. basketball. The, the right. crossover is there. Someone needs to write a book. It's just improv basketball. Something like that. Yeah. Not me, but someone. <laughs> Guy? Mm -hmm. uh, I got to start reading some more books before I write a book. <laughs> yeah, you've read a few, I'm sure. You, you, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
Are you ready to do some improv, guy? Let's try. All right. So we have three games that we're going to be playing tonight. Okay. Uh, for, for this first game, uh, this game, I hate this name. I need to think of something more clever. Uh, well, Time Bomb Dialogues. So the premise of this game is that uh, you and I, uh, we're going to be working on, uh, we're uh, working on defusing bomb. But okay. we need to be, you know, having a different conversation unrelated to defusing the bomb. So we're defusing the bomb. That's happening. That's the context for the scene, but we have something else going on okay. well while we're defusing this bomb. And then uh, at some point, uh, the bomb will explode, explode and it'll black us out. Well, okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> something will happen with the so bomb. So we're not going to be successful. I mean, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> see. we'll see how the scene goes. Okay. All right. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll just go ahead and jump in. So you think they're going to get a new coach? Oh, man. I Look, that last guy, bum. I mean, Jefferson, total bum. He lost the locker room. He lost the locker room. Man. Pass me the scissors. There you go. Thanks. Yeah, sick of the nepotism there. I mean, like, oh how gosh, many chances man. is that guy going to get? Just move yeah. on. Just because no. your dad's the owner doesn't mean you should be the coach of the team. Right, right, yeah. They need to, like, respect the fan base. We're sick of losing. Oh, watch out. Oh, sorry. Okay. Ew. Yeah. Mm. Wrong red. That was Wrong the dark red. red. Yes. I'm looking for the light red. Yeah. Thank you. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah, I, it's like we pay the bills, right? Like, you and me, we're fans. You know, we buy tickets to the games. We buy merch, you know, social media. Like, we're the reason you have a team in the first place. You can pay the players. And yet... I don't know. No respect. No respect for the fans. Not at all. Not at all. And the ticket prices just keep going up. I know. What yeah. are we paying for to, to watch you win three games a year? It's horrible. It's horrible. Man, I, I took my dad to a game. We lost so bad. He basically didn't talk to me the whole ride home. No. Yeah. It was insane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dude, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Ruined I- Thanksgiving. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're like you're trying to have you know father son bonding moment. You're like, hey, remember when I was a kid and you took me to the game? Now I'm taking you to the game and ruined. Yeah, ruined. It, it re- yeah, it, it definitely revived Gosh, all those so we've been sorry. losing for so I'm long. Sorry. It was like almost like a rite of passage. You yeah, know? it's oh. like now I can take you to see him lose. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, here's a crazy idea. I think you should write a letter. You should write a letter and send it to the owner and tell him that. Tell him that story about your dad. Yeah. Like, I'm this is what that. you're doing to your fans. You're I'm ruining their holidays. You're ruining father-son traditions. Someone's got to do something about yeah. this. I mean, firing the coach isn't enough. I think sell the team. Sell the team. Sell the team. I think I'm going to, like, put in some... I think that's a really good idea, and I can, like, add in some, you know, snippets of my hair, and I think I got some, like, old baby teeth. I just kind of want to, like, let them know I'm serious, you know? Yeah. He probably gets a lot of letters. Yeah. But if you get some like weird, you know, like fingernail clippings, he's gonna be like, okay, maybe I should sell the team. Yeah, might not be worth it. This guy, wild card. Dave, this is a genius idea. You have to do it. Mm, uh, uh, turn that real quick. Turn that lever. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good. Gentle. Well, I don't think I can let go of it at this point. Okay, hold it there. Hold it there. All I'll right. come in. All right. So, I gotta ask. Let's say we sell the team. Yeah. Do you think we should, you know, clean out the roster, start fresh, bring in a bunch of young guys, keep the squad we have? Well, you know, I think that we have a decent squad. Oh, thank you. Wow. 
That was close. Uh, you know, it's so hard to tell if these players are good when the coach was just so bad. You know, are people getting the chances? Yeah. So, yeah, I think like a new owner, hopefully you'd be willing to spend a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. That, you know, yeah, like change the culture. Right. That he just keeps all of our best players, maybe brings in a couple of other ones, you know, that might be a little bit more money. But, right, changing the culture because, man, sick of losing. It's been 50 years of losing crazy our entire lives plus more man yeah i i mean i'd just like to see us you know not even not even win a playoff game i want to see us win the division yes win the division that's it win the division and you know maybe another option is if they sell the team maybe they'll actually just sell it to a different league and it could just be maybe we're better at another sport you know that yeah i i think there's something there i think a lot of our players you know they're I mean, basketball players could be great at lacrosse. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know, curling? How do they know? Maybe turn right? into an Olympic team? Yeah. We could uh, be dominating there. We could we, win every year. 50 years we haven't won. Okay, let's just change sports. Yeah, not for long. Right. Not for long. I think, yeah, I think our current roster, they, there's a lot of other areas they could excel. Maybe gymnastics? Oh, man. Yeah. We, you know, we would be the number one team. In gymnastics i know it right now it's just like we would dominate and they would be like we'd have players with retired jerseys in in all those places and you know forget trophies we'd be bringing home Forgetting. gold you know gold is objectively more valuable yes for sure <laughs> I think I think we got distracted <laughs> from the ball. <laughs> it was hard, you know. Anyway, that was <laughs> to add on, uh, um, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, thinking about like dude, space work. Yeah, that's another thing to improve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this format, it's tough. We're sitting in a chair. We got a mic in front of us. Like our our physicality is limited. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll give us a pass there. But uh, <laughs> it's a very real scene. Yeah, that's a conversation. Uh, a lot of sports fans have had, I think, at some point, right. you know, no matter the sport. Yes. Like, is it our coach? Is it the owner? There's nepotism, you know, like all <laughs> right. these different things that go into it. Yeah, somebody could um, be like, they're talking about my team. Yeah. <laughs> and I would imagine, too, like, you know, having never diffused a real bomb, I feel like they got to keep it light a little bit, you know? Right. Pretty stressful moment. Yeah, they got to put music on or yeah. chew gum. It's or like something. surgery, right? Like, <laughs> like the doctor has like a playlist or a CD or whatever that they throw on while they're in the operating room. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Yes. Keep it light, keep it loose, and you know the work will be a little easier. Right, right, right. So, uh, <laughs> if if anyone out there listening uh, is on the bomb squad, can you let us know if that was accurate? I think it was. Right. I was yeah. turning something. I was like, this is what they do. They turn things. Yeah, you right? held that lever too, just to make sure yeah. and wires and you screwed some stuff and probably opened a panel right. <laughs> compartment. Exactly. You know, it was all there. I could see it. It was metal. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> yeah. good size bomb. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to our next game, guys. Cool. Uh, so this next one is called Thinking Out Loud, which I think is a Taylor Swift song. So what do you know? I think I, that was okay. not intentional, but it just, <laughs> that clicked in my head saying it. Um, so in this game, uh, you might have played something similar to this in class, but uh, in this game, we're just going to start a scene. I'll give us a suggestion, uh, let's say for a location. And um, what we're going to do is that you and I, at any point during the scene, we're able to kind of quickly turn to the camera and break the fourth wall, kind of share what's going on in our head to the, to the audience that's out there. Okay. You know, you know whatever that looks like. All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Our location. 
These are terrible. That one was just geyser. I need a little more than that. <laughs> geyser. All right. Uh, we're at a lighthouse, guy. You and I are at a lighthouse. Uh, this game, thinking out loud. At any point, just turn this way. Break that fourth wall. My character can't hear you. Um, and I'm going to say, you can break the fourth wall. We'll, we'll both be able to break the fourth wall. That's more interesting. All right. We're at a lighthouse. We're thinking out loud. Here we go. I he hasn't come back. Don't expect him back tonight either. Aye, and there'll be a storm coming. I worry that our, our mate out there, Carl, won't be able to sail the ship in on time with that storm coming. Aye. Probably with the mermaids, that one. Mm. Hope they're nice. A siren lured him overboard. It's gotta be. I know that uh, he was having some trouble at home, too. Mm. Yeah. Aye, so you're thinking he might want to be at sea longer. Yeah, yeah, Mm. I'm thinking... Find a mermaid. Yeah, find a mermaid and take her to the other side. Aye. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, um, I'm actually hoping that this person never comes back because I want to get with his wife. And I kind of want him to disappear off the face of the earth. I, you know, I was thinking, we've been in this lighthouse business for a long time, matey. Oh, we're the best. You ever think about settling down? Finding yourself a nice landlubber? Ah, yes, well, you know. Having some little ones. I've I've been praying to Neptune Mm. all my life for the right special lady to come. Amen. You know, sometimes just the one you want isn't uh, isn't available, but anything can change. You know, uh, any you know things just happen. The sea, the sea is the truth. So whatever the sea takes, it takes, and uh, whatever's left here for us on land, that's what we get, right? Aye, matey, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I think I think he wants Captain Carl's wife. I got to press him a little bit. Say, matey, Arr. did you make sure to give Captain Carl his compass before he departed? To the uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he's pretty. Oh, no. Uh, I actually just I put it in my pocket. I, w- I meant to give it to him. And, you know, he was setting sail and he was saying bye to his wife. And I started talking to her, letting her know. <laughs> Letting her know Bless I'll be me, here. I uh, and um, I just kind of said, you know, made sure she's all right. She has enough food, and you know, if she, she you know, it gets scary at night, and I somehow slipped my mind. Uh, ah, yeah, of course, you'd been drinking too much grog. Yes, yes. Well, he's a good captain. He knows how. Uh, you know, he uses the stars. Of he, course, this is just a backup for him. Anyway, he should be fine. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and of course, and. uh I do remember you uh, You also told Captain Carl that there wouldn't be any storms during this journey. Is that so? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, it was more of a hope. I was hoping there weren't being any storms. I didn't want to worry him. Of course. You've yeah. been praying to Neptune for a clear sky. Yeah. Calm seas. Yes. 
I've actually been praying to Neptune for a big storm right around this time, and uh, looks like my prayers were were answered. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I just kind of said, you know, it looks like clear skies. I think you'll be okay. And, uh, you know, he kind of told me he really trusts me out of everyone, everyone in this lighthouse. And I'm sorry to say this, but out of everyone, he said I was the most trusted person. Um, And so, you know, he didn't even have to check. He said, you say clear skies. I say clear skies. Ahoy. Aye, matey. I didn't know you were so close with Captain Carl. He must trust you with everything. Oh, His family even. Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, he lets me come over and, you know, on these long voyages, just keep an eye on Melissa. You know, yeah, Melissa is just such a special lady and it uh, would be a shame for her to be alone on these cold nights. Uh, so, you know, I just tend to the fire, make sure she has enough food. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're not trying to insinuate something, are you? No, matey. I'm just saying there shan't be a better friend than you. Ah. He's on to me. He definitely knows that I know what he's doing. I need to tread lightly here. Matey. Mm. All I'm going to say is this. It'd be a real shame if between the two of us, one of us was going behind someone else's back. (laughs) And... (coughs) Sorry. I let's say, uh, stealing another man's treasure. If you catch my drift, I know neither of us would do that. Oh, but it'd be a real shame. Oh yes, yes, it'd be, it'd be the worst thing ever. I mean, it's only, only if you, only if someone's lost at sea forever. That would be the only situation, or you know, at least for a few. A couple nights, let's say, and you're not sure, you know, if they're coming back. That's that would be okay, but I, you know, yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, you gotta be true to your fellow lad. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for coughing. That's where voices like that. Uh, yeah. I gotta get that used to. That was great. I love that choice, though. Of just like, all right, sea guys, we're piratey. Yeah, kinda like we always spend some time at sea, <laughs> and it just uh, your character's reasoning is like, yeah, if we know they died, or if it's like a maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's great point of view on that character there. So, oh man, that was fun. Thanks and th- thanks for setting up with the compass and kind of inter- oh, yeah. introducing like. Oh, did you actually sabotage him a little yeah. bit here? Yeah. Which was something that I wasn't thinking of. Yeah. But it was like, oh, this is fun now. Like, yeah, I'm was, hiding it. Oh, that, was a, that was a fun scene. Thanks, yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was all with that pirate choice. Oh, man. I, I love oh. a good, like, pirate sea, sea man accent. So that's right. like, <laughs> it's always a good spot to be in. All right. Uh, we've got one more game we're going to play. Cool. Uh, so this game is called Show and Tell. And uh, essentially, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a random object, and we're going to play a scene where you're bringing in that random object to show and tell. You're going to tell us why it's important, why you have an emotional connection to this object, the story behind it. You're bringing it in for show and tell. That's a big deal. Um, All right. So the object that you are bringing in for show and tell Mm -hmm. uh, is a toilet. So you're bringing in a toilet for show and tell. Um, All right. Here we go. Wow. All right, guy. Uh, uh, so you're up next. Uh, thank you so much, uh, you know, 
show and tell. We're excited to see what you have. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure you're going to be uh, excited to see this. It's something that you see every day, hmm. but you don't see this one every day. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to roll it up here. It's a little heavy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I could see. I could see. That's a toilet. That is a toilet. I mean, okay. look. Did you bring that from home? I'm I'm sorry. I actually did bring it from home, but I only hook it up a couple times a year, you know, for special occasions. And the reason is, is that like, you know, I've always wanted to travel to Europe and, um, you know, I finally got to go a couple years ago. And when I was in uh, Paris, I asked, hey, do you know where the Louvre is? And I accidentally asked somebody from Britain and they thought I was saying the Lou. And they pointed me to a bathroom, but I didn't know that. So I thought this toilet was actually this thing that everyone from around the world comes to and mm. talks about. And, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm the only one here. And they even have an option for me to, like, lock the door and just, you know, kind of get real intimate with it. So, yeah, the first thing I did, I just took this in. And then I, I really just felt that, like, I needed to just be me and the toilet. So took off all my clothes. You know, again, I had the privacy of this. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, it was kind of like, I think there was a McDonald's next door, but I was pretty private still. Like, you know, so I just had this moment with the toilet. I just stood there and I could hear somebody jiggling the handle at a point. But, you know, I just didn't even let that phase me. I just stood there looking at this toilet, looking at myself and about after, you know, 45 minutes, I'd say, I just decided my life is now different and I need this toilet in my life. So, um, you know, after 45 minutes, I did get down to business and it was a pretty good toilet too, I have to say, for the function of it. Uh, but it, beyond that, it was speaking to me. And so, um, you know, cost a good amount of money. And it was uh, kind of had to pull off a little midnight heist, to tell you the truth, because the, uh, the yeah, for whatever reason, um, they thought it was like pretty weird. Uh, at this point, I still thought it was the Louvre. I didn't think it was the Lou. And, um, and then like, you know, when I finally got home, I did some Googling and I saw, oh, it's a museum. But at that point, I didn't really even care. So, yeah, I have this, I have this toilet and um, I don't want to use it every day. I, I do wake up every morning and I have my time with it. But yeah, it just, if, if, if you would ever just have a moment with this toilet, you would start to hear it talk to you. And it's seen some stuff. It's seen a lot more than me and a lot more than you. So it's just full of wisdom and you just need to know how to listen to it. Blackout! <laughs> oh, just Lou, Louvre. That, yep, yep, that works for me. That works? That All works right, for good. me. That was... Oh man, what a great! Uh, if I were in the audience and that like that was a real show and tell, I would just be, oh, I'd be so engaged. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this guy, this is an amazing story. It's, wow, it's both sad and incredible at the same time. Bad, and I mean that was a lot of drop in the agenda because yeah, when you first introduced the game, I thought like, oh, I'll get to pick what I am, but what's the fun in me picking? Right? Nah, and so then you yeah. gave me something. I was like, oh, it's going to be a picture of somebody or whatever, an actual mm -hmm. old toilet. That's like yeah. crazy. And you, you rolled it in. Just, ugh, you only use it a couple times a year, so <laughs> yeah. you're, but you appreciate it every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 
you treated it like a great art piece, you know? You, you have it in your home, you appreciate it a little bit every day. And, right. You know, it's uh, so in a way, it's, it was still almost like the Louvre. Yes. <laughs> to this character, whoever he was. Oh, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you, Guy, for playing those improv games Thanks, with us. Thanks. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I said with us, with me. Uh, scary. The, the, the royal us. Yeah. A Neptune. Lebowski, yeah. The oh, royal yeah. we or whatever. Yeah. All right. So before we conclude tonight's episode, Guy, uh, I want to give you the opportunity. Any final words you want to leave us with? Um, just that uh, I really, really uh, appreciate uh, doing this and you know iftp in general uh mm. has just continued to provide me with new and different experiences and just uh you know kind of made me feel a lot more comfortable with myself with myself in different situations and um yeah it just feels like it's a very very supportive environment and just fun just fun and creative so that's kind of just the space that i that i'm finding and um really really appreciate this this is so cool uh, and I'm just like hoping that, you know, the success and longevity of this show just keeps going and going and going. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to do it because I'm having a blast. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. That's very kind. And I would say, yes, the fun and creativity here. If you haven't experienced it yourself, you should, but if you're listening, you probably have. So, yeah. <laughs> um, with that said, Thank you so much to Guy Morgenstern for coming on the show tonight. As always, we'll be back next week with another episode of Improv for the Podcast. But until then... We'll see you next time. Improv for the podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.